Live from the Business Radio X studio, welcome to Time Well Spent with Julie Hullett, your source for inspiring stories of busy people who have made more time to do what they love. Now, here's your host, Julie Hullett. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Cindy David, one of those creative types who never seems to sit still. She currently owns and operates Cindy David Jewelry Designs and Cindy David Yoga here in Nashville. She has had the jewelry business for 20 years in September. That's quite a feat. Congratulations, Cindy. And has had the yoga business for three years, although personally, she's been practicing yoga for many, many years now. Her jewelry has been shown in museums all over the country and even right here at the Frisk Museum of Art in Nashville. Her yoga practice is taught in multiple locations, and she will also come to you for a personal session as well. Welcome, Cindy. I'm glad you're here today. Thank you, Julie. I'm glad to be here. Okay. You and I have crossed paths a few times over the years. I'm glad to have the opportunity to get and share information about a few of the things you're involved in. You are certainly one busy woman. I have a couple of questions for you right up front about your jewelry business, okay? When you were a kid, were you kind of a girly girl in your mom's jewelry box or exactly how did you discover that that was one of your gifts? So believe it or not, I actually was not a girly girl. Okay. The funniest part of this entire story. I was quite the opposite. I was the nerd and the jock. So I was super smart and I did every athletics that you can imagine. And, um, but I will tell you a little aside here. Um, My background's Lebanese and Lebanese babies are actually adorned in jewelry. Ah. Right when they come out of the womb, they're adorned with gold and um, just they're adorned with jewelry, the men and the women, the, the young babies, girls and boys. And so I guess it was, you could say that I was born into this, but mm-hmm. I was never like a girly girl where I sought jewelry and I was actually playing with my mother's pearls. We didn't have that sort of thing growing up. Um, and so the biggest thing for me, how I got into jewelry um, was actually by accident. I went to um, an astrologer. And the only reason I went to an astrologer was because one of my friends paid for half the visit. That was something that I was not into. And I was at a turning point in my life. And we worked together and she had said, maybe give this a try. And I did. And from that appointment, the lady was like, you've got this amazing talent. Do you paint? Do you draw? And I was like, art smart lady, you're, you're on crack. Like, I believe this. Do you know who I am? I'm a professional working woman. Like, and so I kind of left that appointment thinking, you know, and she's like, you'll never be happy unless you work for yourself. Those were the three words. I never walked out of that appointment saying I'm going to do jewelry. Interesting. Yeah. So that was the, that's the short end of that thing. And then I, I met a lady in Brentwood um, and I complimented her on her jewelry and sure enough, she was like, why don't you come to my office? And I was like, okay. And so I did. She turns out that she works in a small real estate office with four women. I took a long lunch break. I was working at Coca-Cola, met with those four women. And bottom line is I sold $2,000 in lunch hour. 
um, over a time of like an hour. And literally, I made more in one hour than I did in 40 hours of working at Coca-Cola. What a great story. Springboard of how my jewelry business began. Excellent. Well, that's great. And I love the fact that you are a nerd and a jock. Most people can't balance both of those things. Um, and then the astrologer, how, how cool is that, that she gave you that, you know, those words to go with? I'm, I'm assuming you haven't been back to her to say you were right. Actually, I have. We are <laughs> friends to this day and she still provides. She's an amazing woman. She provides um, amazing guidance and she's here in Nashville. So if anyone wants that information, just let me know. But excellent. Or less than a month ago. Okay. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen your jewelry. I've actually ordered some jewelry. You have beautiful things. Uh, I've, and I ran into you recently and you had a nice stack on your arm. And um, I've heard you say that your art is wearable, wearable art. Sorry, your jewelry is wearable art. So can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yes. So just like any artist, I define myself as a jewelry artist. And Every piece and thing that I work with and make with is designed with love. It comes from my heart. And I want women to feel good about themselves. And I want them to feel bold and alluring and provocative. And that is my driving force behind every piece. I will never tell you something looks good on you for the sake of like just to make the sale. That's just not how I am. I will be authentic and truthful. And if something looks good on you, I'll be like, that looks amazing. And if it looks horrible on you, well, I may not say horrible, but I will let you know that maybe you want to try another piece. It's not your best look. That's what I like. It's it's not your best look. And um, so that's kind of what it is. And like any artist, you know, you go through ups and downs, there's the artist dilemma and, you know, what am I going to do and what colors and this and that. And sometimes I do get blocked and sometimes I care not know what to do, what to design. And within, um, you know, maybe I'll have pieces laid out in my studio and like a week and I feel like, oh my gosh, it's so stressful. Don't know what to do. And then Within a week, I will have 10 pieces finished. I'll look at them. I've been looking at them all week. And then I'll have a burst of inspiration. And then I I finish them all out at one time. And it's got to have, like, I got to look at that piece and say, I love it. Oh, what a gift. What a gift. And then what about, um, I know you custom make jewelry for people as well. So what is an example of the most, without a name, of course, the most unusual request you've had for a piece of jewelry? Well, believe it or not, I actually have, um, I work with a lot of people to do custom designs. That's my specialty. And that's what I pride myself on um, from wedding jewelry to anniversary to that sort of thing. But the most unusual piece that I did um, was years ago, I entered an ugly necklace contest. I was a new designer and I thought it would be fun. Um, And you honestly, you have to spend as much time creating an ugly piece of jewelry as you do a beautiful piece of jewelry. So a lot of thought into it is the same. Okay. (laughs) You spend the same amount of time. You have to balance things left and right. Right. 
you have to create symmetry and you have to look at texture and colors. <laughs> Needless to say, I can't design an ugly necklace. I actually did not win the contest. That's good. <laughs> it really was hideous. Okay, this necklace had skulls. It looked like something from Pirates of the Caribbean. It had skulls and it had shells and it had, I don't know, skeletons hanging up. Anyway, okay, get the picture. I can't design ugly. <laughs> that's good. That's very good, especially for you and your clients, I think. <laughs> um, I don't know how to segue quite from skulls to yoga, but I'm going to try. <laughs> so um, how did you first get into that? So I've been practicing yoga for the last 20 something years. Mm -hmm. And literally, I love being a student. I was in a class one day, it was a hot uh, vinyasa class. And the teacher's words um, just literally said at the end of the class, have you ever considered teacher training? And the impact that the words that she had, she used with authority and this is what a teacher does and blah, blah. And I literally... That was it. I was like, yes, yes. In that moment, I was like, I went from, I've never taught a class in my life to literally, I signed up for teacher training within a couple of weeks of that class. Excellent. Um, during the pandemic, you know, the business owners that were nimble and able to modify their business didn't lose much time or business. And I know you were one of the first yoga classes online in Nashville. Um, did people respond well to that? Did you have what you expected as far as, you know, traffic and people wanting to do that? Um, I would say yes. And so initially, um, when the pandemic hit, my goal was like, just let's do Facebook lives. I had never done a Facebook live in my entire life. And I clicked that little live button and you click it and you are live. And I was just like, I did an hour class, Facebook Live, and I was like, let's, we're in lockdown, everything's closed, we can't leave our houses, and I'm like, it's the COVID crazies, we need to move our body, like we did, and that's how it started, and so I literally would get online, I'd press that button, and we'd move our bodies, because I didn't want to practice alone, I'd tell all my friends, I'm like, get on Facebook, get on Facebook, practice with me, I don't want to be talking into the camera by myself, I still am. But that's how it started. And then that rolled into uh, people wanted more and they wanted more of a closed container to practice. So we moved into Zoom. And then um, I got private lessons from there. I worked with a private client um, for two years. And, and then to this day, I still continue on Zoom. So now that studios have opened, I'm in the studio, I'm on Zoom and I'm in the community, and I teach and practice every day, sometimes twice or three times a day. Well, it shows. When when I see you and your presence and the way you present yourself, it shows that you've got that grace, and um, good for you, and you're helping people with that, so that's a big plus. I read you. you said one time that um, you could see a physical transformation in people when they work with you. Why do you think that is? Um. Well, you're connecting the body, mind, and spirit. And when I work with people, uh, a lot of people come with their their blocks, their perceived blocks about, I'm not a flexible person. Immediately, when someone says that to you, you're like, oh, I, I see your block. 
And so then we start to work with some of the poses and they start doing flexible, you know, grabbing their toes, doing things that surprise themselves. And I'm like, look at you, you're doing, you're working on your flexibility. And they're almost shocked because they're like, whoa, I'm actually touching my toes. <laughs> Not as hard as they think, mm-hmm. but people make it harder. Sure. That's with everything. The balance poses are a really big one. A lot of people say, I can't balance. And I'll see them standing on one leg. And I'm like, what do you think you're doing right now? Guess what? (laughs) That's great. Um, I also know that you have a lot of hobbies in addition to running two businesses. And that's travel, salsa dancing, cooking, gardening, which of, and I know there are many more, but of the ones I just named, which one gives you the most joy and, and why is that? So this one is a challenging question for me to answer because I want to say all of them, but yeah. um, truthfully, I would say I'm tied for top two. So travel is my number one love. If I have to do a number one, I just, I've been all around the world. I've seen different cultures. Um, I just love the the sense of adventure, doing things differently, traveling, meeting new people, and getting outside of my box. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my second one is, and again, this is pretty tied, um, is cooking. And um, I mean, you know, again, I'm Lebanese, so food is love, love is food. And if I could have like a sixth um, love language, food would definitely come up. It's definitely one of mine, for sure. (laughs) I am living to eat. I don't care what anybody else says. Um, So running two businesses is a lot of pressure. Okay, I I totally understand that. And I know that you are a big fan, a proponent of self-care. So how do you carve out time for yourself and your self-care with all that going on? Right. So the short answer is that you always have to make yourself and time a priority, not an option. So absolutely um, have non-negotiables when it comes to my morning ritual. So the thing that I would say is creating a morning habit or morning ritual, something that gives back to you and puts you as a priority and brings you joy before you go and caretake and firefight and get on with your day. That could be five minutes. Um, With me, I have a little bit more time flexibility, which is how I drive my businesses. Time freedom is very important. So for me, my morning ritual revolves around coffee. Um, I'll listen to a Dharma talk. Um, I've got my meditation that I listened to um, a guy here in Nashville. Um, and then if, if I have time after that, then I'll do um, a yoga practice. Okay. But I, I got the average person when it comes to something like that. And I have a little bit more time. If you don't have a lot of time, then perhaps you could do like something simple, like a gratitude list and list three things that you're grateful for in the morning. Good for you. Thing I, um, I've been doing this for years. I have an evening ritual as well. And before I go to bed, um, and my boyfriend will attest to this, we do what's called like highlights. And we basically recap the day. If we had highlights with each other, that's mainly what it's for to just kind of be like, what are you grateful for? What are you thankful for? 
And that's a beautiful way to end the day. And um, so that's what I do. Again, if you're by yourself, then you could just do, you know, a three to five gratitude list of things that you are grateful for during the day. Yeah. Good for you. And and I'm all about rituals. I have my own morning routine, very similar. I always coffee before anything else, no interaction with anyone until I've had the coffee. So I understand that. Um, and the gratitude, that's another thing because I, I find for me personally, if I'm focused on what I'm grateful for, it changes my whole day, my perspective about everything I do and people I come in touch with. And it sounds like it's the same for you. Absolutely. You get to begin the day with something positive and then begin the next day with something positive. Yeah. One question I always like to ask people um, if you had a day where you had absolutely nothing on your calendar, and I know that's most unlikely in your case, but if you did, could you practice the art of doing nothing? The honest answer is <laughs> yes. <laughs> the honest answer is not only no, but heck no. Is that what you're saying? Well, I think um, it's something that I really do aspire to. Mm. But for me, I think it depends on how you define nothing. Like nothing to me would be like sitting, like just plunking your feet in the sand or something. But then you're you're doing something, right? Well, right. But if you just sit there in in the sand, are you you know, and just right? Do nothing. So that that would be my. Um, I can just sit there. You know, my next best thing would just be a mindless thing, which is coloring. I actually okay. love to color. Okay, good to know. Um, and then I'd, I'd like to ask you, what is the one thing that always makes you laugh? Always. Um, wow, that's a that's a good question. Um, I would just say funny movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Funny movies or funny uh, women authors that really get into um, that can describe a scene that you know has happened to you as a woman, and you're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe she actually wrote about." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. Well, I think with with a joyful lifestyle and practicing gratitude and you're more open to that. And I think, you know, laughing is so important and I always am interested in what, you know, flips that switch because it's different for everybody, but there's, there's usually one thing that always makes somebody laugh. So I'm glad to know what yours is and I will try to find some movies for you. How about that? That sounds great. All right. Well, we're now going to move on to the lightning round. And I'm going to say a word or a phrase and you give me your answer. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. Window or aisle? Window. Dinner in or dinner out? Ooh, tough choice. Dinner in. Okay. Staycation or vacation? Vacation. Okay. I don't even need to ask the next one. Introvert or extrovert? Completely extrovert. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Mountain or beach? Beach. All right. And if you could visit in a time machine another decade, which one would you choose? Ooh, I would do the um, Roaring Twenties. Twenties. Okay. I love that whole like dancing and just kind of 
everyone, the 20s, roaring the, the clothes, the champagne. It was just a fabulous, it was roaring. Everyone roaring. was having a blast. It was like a party and it was in the middle of the depression, but they just found a way to, to get out and make themselves happy amidst their circumstances. Which is what we should all be doing every day right now, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Cindy. I'm glad you were here today. It was fun to get to know you a little bit better online. Um, and for our listeners to wrap up, Cindy is generously offering a discount code, both for her yoga classes and her jewelry. So Cindy, will you let us know what those codes are and the expiration date, please? Sure. So um the yoga, it's just a free yoga class. And um, the jewelry is uh, Julie 15. Excellent. I'll remember that. 15% J-U-L-I-E. off. All right. J-U-L-I-E 15. And what's the expiration date, please? Oh, that's right. Um, the end of this year. 1231. Okay. 1231-22. You guys, Cindy is now going to give us where... Uh, you can connect with her online, her social, et cetera. And I would encourage you to go look at her website and that beautiful jewelry and sign up for a free yoga class. So Cindy, where can they connect with you online? Great. Thank you. So for my jewelry business, um, it is Cindy David designs or Cindy David.com. And um, for the yoga business, it's Cindy David yoga.com. Okay. And this is the same thing on Instagram and social, Cindy David Yoga, Cindy David Jewelry on Facebook, and Cindy David Designs on Instagram. Excellent. Well, thanks again, Cindy. I appreciate you being here. And now here's a time-saving tip to help you manage your workload so you have more free time. When you start your work week, make a list in your daily notebook, journal, or even a post-it note of your top priorities for the week. This will help you focus on the bigger picture of what needs to be done now rather than getting bogged down or feeling overwhelmed by the tiny tasks that seem to consume our daily lives and often lead nowhere. When you focus on the bigger picture, you'll give yourself the flexibility to say no to things that don't align with your goals. So thank you all for listening. And if you have any questions about the podcast, I hope you'll connect with me on LinkedIn or Instagram. I answer all messages. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Time Well Spent with Julie Hullett. This show is brought to you by Julie Hullett Concierge, LLC, a personal concierge service in Nashville, Tennessee. Learn more at juliehullett.com.